you know? So Trash. But it's like, it's literally like a listening party. Like, mm-hmm. we're just listening, you're listening, you're ad-libbing your songs. That's what it's like, because they just, they play their songs, and then they'll just be like, bitch, what? Money. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> but do you ever get, have you ever got mad when you go see somebody live, and then their rendition is totally different? Erica Badu is a do different shit type of person. Um, I did go see that. St. John, who is probably like, behind Snow the Product, my, my other favorite artist. He he did different versions of his songs. He did like the harmonies because he was sick. Mm. But it still sounded really dope, but mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to like singing it with him. Mm-hmm. But I still, but I don't know, you still appreciate, I just appreciate seeing how an artist performs because it's a whole new level of creativity mm-hmm. than just listening to their music. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's like they're super awkward and they're just sitting on a stool, but they just sound like amazing or they dance or they have, da- like I just love seeing what their creative choices are. Mm-hmm. Unless they're just trash and then I look at them completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but see, creative people are going to look at creative people differently than consumers of creativity who don't see themselves as creators. Damn, but like, I don't even know what that would be like to not, because I mean, everyone has to create in some way, right? Right. Exactly, exactly. Is there really people that just, then that's the other problem. If you're a person that's on this earth and all you do is consume and you don't create anything new, I think that's what I have a problem with. (laughs) (laughs) Then you need a, (laughs) you don't even know. I've I've written up a whole like reasoning of people that need to go. Top five reasons niggas need to never have been born. No, they have to take an empathy test. And if you're a sociopath, that's one point against you. Oh, yeah. Nah, yeah. sociopaths, we don't need yeah. that genetic yeah. defect. But you can you can um, redeem yourself if you are okay with the other two tests. Which are? Um, The other... Okay, I'm going to try and remember because I'm a little <laughs> what tired. What were you? But they're How like... You oh, a- acceptance. Like seeing if people are, are able to accept others for their differences. Like... You know, they're tested on like how xenophobic or homophobic or racist or sexist, but it's like, are you, how, how are willing are you to maybe like change in, in your rigidity and how you think and being unaccepting? Mm. So those two things. And then the third one I think is, I can't remember. I think it had something to do with the environment because I, care, I, I really, it bothers me so much when people don't give a shit about the planet mm-hmm. like you can be a like a humanitarian all day every day but you don't give a fuck about the animals and the trees and the ocean and shit like that really bothers me mm-hmm. same thing with people who are the opposite it's i mean yeah both like, are annoying save the planet fuck you human <laughs> like bitch we both humans and we both here <laughs> what you mean humble county i could <laughs> <laughs> That's how they act up there to me. To me. That's true, though. I can see that. I just, like, yeah, I don't want to live in a world where there's no more monkeys. Uh, what? <laughs> and we don't even know the consequences. Let one thing be extinct, and what is the change? Like, we're all very so connected, but we just don't yes. even necessarily know. But... Like, I don't see Norwals on a daily basis, but just knowing that they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, Are they out there? Unicorn whales, man. That's like... funny as I thought that shit was made up. That's real. Oh. I, I have a bed. Marlon don't like this, but I sleep with stuffed animals because they're gifts from people. I have stuffed animals. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. And two of them are normal. One of them. Okay, yeah. Sometimes I don't sleep with them. It just depends. At least one. It's like yeah. extra pillow in this mug. Yeah. And they're cute. I just like to be surrounded by cute shit. <laughs> and then when you have a big dude next to you, like 
they they're not that good of a pillow because they're so much higher up than your neck wants to be. <laughs> Spilling all the fucking tea in this bitch. We got some bi- some bigger dudes, bigger than us. Oh, no, yeah, I just I like, like you lay on them and you feel like you're on two pillows. And I don't actually like being on that many pillows. It hurts right, my neck. Right, right. Yeah, I just want to. It's a limited slight. time only cuddle. Yeah. Well, I have one of those beds that goes up. <laughs> <laughs> spoon. That's why I like to be a small spoon. You like to, you don't ever be the big spoon? Yes. Sometimes I like being the big spoon. Yes. Yeah. It's Again. nice to be. Do you like to be the <laughs> Najee's here on the side. How do you feel about being the, the, uh, Small spoon. The small spoon that's actually bigger. The teaspoon. Uh, is that really the true answer? You don't like when I'm hugged up behind you? <laughs> okay, you like that's when I touch answer. you. Don't matter. Do you like titties or butt Front, on back, you? side <laughs> to side. He likes both. How do that's you hard. have boots <laughs> and butt on you at the same time <laughs> with one person? Like Twister. <laughs> I like when your big butt is in my stomach. <laughs> big like, butt I in like my gut. <laughs> Adrian's asleep, right? <laughs> like you just watched fussy yes. parts. I don't know. I feel like it's How okay. How was that dude. anyway? It was like <laughs> fun. <laughs> Y'all crazy. I love it. Just I just the name love of it. Yeah, we explained it because Adrian. I think he is asleep. He asked me yeah. this morning. He's like, "Your name is Fussy Parts." Like, what does that mean? Like, what's fussy? Like your fingers and your toes? And I was like, all the parts. It's all fussy. And then that I'll was stick. your explanation. Yeah. Wow. Because I mean, I mean, really, what it's like? People fussing about things all the time and like making a fuss. Yeah. Over shit that you don't need to make a fuss. No, about. the name is ingenious. <laughs> and then you know, there's the other. Yeah, you flip it and you recipe. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. The name is excellent. Yeah. There's. It was fun. I had no contribution and coming up with it i just gave my stamp of approval that's the thing is like i'm really not the lead of this band at all like at all the drummer vince is the leader so that's i just have I to remind people there that, yeah i mean i just like they make the songs and i like i'm like this shit is dope i'm gonna add lyrics you guys like it cool and i like it that way yeah somebody reached out to me rochelle scale shout out she was like um, are you interested in like being in a band, but like a reggae band? <gasps> I was like, fuck yeah, I'm being, I'm interested, but I don't want to do no fake ass accent. I'm telling you <laughs> right now, I don't speak Patois and I'm not about to pretend. So, but yeah, I give me the British skank. accent though. Bink, That's hit okay, it on the one drop. <laughs> I'll do that every day, but Ooh. I still have to rap like I rap. No, that's what you should do. I mean, that's because how many fucking reggae, reggae bands are there? But you had a Monty Flair to She's reggae? She's like classically playing trained pianist. <gasps> oh, please do this. I know. I mean, she's putting it. So I just said, whatever you need from me, let me know. And then, and then it's been a while. So then I, I made a playlist of reggae shit to send her. Like, I really fuck with this shit. Like, I want you to know that I really fuck with it. And them. you rap too? Like, that would be so cool. So I hope the niggas say yes. If they don't, I still come see you, Rochelle. Her name's Rochelle? Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. It's crazy. Her name's Rochelle Scales, and she plays the piano. And that's her government birth name? I guess I should ask, because that's, I just assumed it was. But Rochelle it's so Scales? Good as a moniker. Is that the name? Is that the word? I mean? Yeah, moniker. Yeah. 
artist moniker. Yeah, like an artist name. Maybe See? it's an artist name. Yeah, that sounds like an artist name. Yeah, because it's too good. You don't know, though. Some parents be naming their kids weird shit, and then they get their, their name is like Bathtub, and then they get an artist name, and like, I just want to be called Jerry. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bathtub is out of the question. I was talking about that with Adrian, too. I wanted to name him really weird shit, but his dad wasn't down. Do you remember any of the names? It was like Xenon or Maddox. Girl. Or like some weird. Xenon the sequel in this bitch? <laughs> it, was, it was something like that. <laughs> what? How does the song go? Oh my God. Supernova Girl. Yes. Made my heart go boom, boom, boom. Supernova Girl. Oh, I love that we're from the same generation. Girl, that's hella funny. Now, how about this? I saw your face and wow. Right then I took a vow. That's that's a Hey Arnold. <laughs> I saw, I saw your face. And wow. <laughs> that's an obscure one. Okay, that's okay. a real obscure one. But hey I did Arnold. love Hey Arnold. Uh, stoop kids afraid to leave the stoop. That's all I remember. <laughs> In the Pigeon Man. Bruh. Yeah. You, would re- you would feel those motherfucking characters. <laughs> stoop man. And Pigeon, Pigeon Man. No, Stoop Kid and Pigeon Man. Yeah. They was, they was, you fell for them. I did. Yeah. And Angelica. Oh, no, Angelica's fucking Rugrats. Yeah. Who's the mean Helga. one? Helga. Helga. Yeah. Helga G. Pataki. Pataki. I had a friend that we called that because she, she was like a stalker like that for like all the dudes she oh, likes. So we. Football head. <laughs> <laughs> They're so great. Okay, tell me this though. I went to karaoke. And there was a group of people that kept playing like Jonas Brothers and like High Ooh. School Musical and shit that I don't like. But then I turn around and I want to sing like In Sync. Bye bye bye. Right, great song. So I'm thinking like maybe that's just their generation's In Sync. Yeah. Is it? I so would say. To what generation is In Sync lame? Because I asked Marlon this Who's question. Who's a black? He, their I'm, version though. Because white boys, you can get them any generation, and they'll like it. But and they're going to be popular since the Elvis. Okay, but then during during <laughs> Backstreet Boys was also like Blackstreet was like the same the same time, was it not? Or they were a little before. I mean, you could say they, they was, was relevant, but they wasn't outside of what they did with for Rugrats. Like Blackstreet and Maya. Oh my God, Take I me there. and want to go there. there. Like, of course you could do a hit show and yeah. put yourself in it. But outside of that, get down, good love. Come on. Niggas, kids wasn't listening to them niggas outside of that. NSYNC, they didn't have to do Nickelodeon songs for kids to be like, ain't no lie. Bye, bye, bye. Mm. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Like, it was just so many. I mean, Destiny's Child, maybe. Yeah. But a little later still. TLC. Yes, but it was different. They weren't as of a they were pop, mainstream, but they weren't as mainstream. And they're never yeah. they weren't gonna be. No. You know, compared yeah. to Christina. They weren't. No. But, yeah. But I would still say if we're thinking about like, okay, just thinking about the generations of people and you're going into karaoke, I would be singing <laughs> genuine, but I'd also be doing NSYNC, but I'd also be doing like, you know, Blackstreet, but I'd also be doing Britney Spears. Whereas there might be another generation that's doing like Jonas Brothers. High School Musical, like, weird. God, what are those other pop songs? Like, Ariana Grande, shit like that. That's the most of color, quote unquote. And even on Nick or whatever she was on, 
she did not she wasn't presented as a, a non-white she was presented as a white she's person. italian isn't she italian with red hair italian to me is white it is yeah yeah i love all italian Grande. soprano mafia movies though i'm not gonna lie that's my shit I like the Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> the Real Housewives of New Jersey? That's hell in the Italians on there. <laughs> they are in the Mafia too, aren't they? Not, not the people on that one. I mean, that ain't a part of any of the storylines for them. I, it's been a minute since I watched the Real That's Housewives. a part of the storyline for like, no, they literally had like a Mafia-centered show. Yes, Mafia Ange. Wives, right? Is that what it's called? I don't even know if it was that forward. But maybe Big Ange was like a main character with them big, humongous. You watch that shit on huh? the Bravo show, like the that was VH1. I do oh. watch Bravo. Okay, baby, I am a reality TV grown up on reality TV, just like I grew up on Nickelodeon ass motherfucker. I I grew up on. I I like the shows I grew up on. Like I love. Flavor do you remember the show no. Next? That shit is the most yeah. ratchet shit ever. Yeah. Like, the shit that they said was so disrespectful. Blind they day. would never let people say that Hell these day. days. No. The way TV was in the early days. <laughs> it's like, how did they get away with that shit? That's why I think it's like this today. I hate like, it. Like, bruh, it, it, it can only be extremely to the one side or the other. Like, it ain't never just... I mean, some things were, like, unnecessarily offensive. I'm just like, ooh, that was that was hard to watch. But now it's like... Everyone, it's almost like everyone gets so offended by everything mm -hmm. that it almost doesn't matter because you know mm -hmm. that they're going to be offended by this, but then they're going to be offended by something else the next day. So it's like, who really fucking cares? Yeah. You know what it was that occurred to me today? I was watching Abbott preach on YouTube and he says something about niche, like niche, like everything's niche. Mm -hmm. But people treat things like everything should be homogenous and like everything should be mainstream. Nobody mm. respects or, uh, well, that's like kind of a layer I put on top of it, but I felt what he said. Like, I do think it's a lot of niche, but the way people act as, is as if there's no respect, honor, or appreciation for how people just are- Underground things? Interested in different, it's a lot of underground different tunnels in so mm. many directions. And then people go and put their self in a fucking lane that ain't theirs. And then do some shit about it. Like, I think that's the most, most, um, like, sometimes they say, like, oh, main character syndrome. Like, people walk mm -hmm. around like, I'm the main character of mm -hmm. this film. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, you should center yourself in your own life. But if you don't realize that everyone else is a center of their life then mm. i don't know what the fuck you walking around doing well, but anyway narcissism that you just described okay well yeah. there you go <laughs> like that's people, how people be acting in the world well, that's this narcissist people that don't I like realize this. i don't like this and it's like damn like activism itself doesn't even mean shit now because the way people try to mm. wield their quote-unquote power is really just trying to be in control of shit that you aren't in control of and the shit that you can't be in control of you neglect you don't even look at it you totally mm. want to push that behind you know in the in the in the cuts like you mean like act people only choose a role of activism because they feel like they need to control something 
and that gives them some sense of control rather than doing it philanthropically because yes. I don't really think anyone does anything like and I know I don't even know what time we're supposed to end this are we, we over yeah I don't I think everyone moves with their own interests and here I'll leave yeah, this for you you can tell what people's interests are I think a lot rooted on their childhood trauma like I think yes. that has a lot to do with what they care about like you'll look at these like millionaires or whatever and it's like they, their dad never told them they loved them so their whole life they're just trying to prove that they're valuable they're to so their lovable. dad you know or whatever or like never oh, had a mom or like whatever dad, like they, they'll move everyone moves in whatever they lacked whatever they haven't worked out yes I agree a hundred percent and so in that way it's like no one no one is really fully just like I'm just here to help it's like nah you're trying to help yourself and if that aligns with helping other people that's cool yeah. and if it aligns with fucking everyone else over then you're then we don't like you're you. willing to do it yeah <laughs> nah I feel that I feel that. Wow, this is, I love all the topics we ran through in however many minutes we were <laughs> We don't even need a damn script up in <laughs> Okay, we just talk like we're on the phone. Oh. Well, it is 10 17. What happens so when we go over? Do we get charged for taking up people's time? Ain't nobody supposed to come after us. We're supposed to put on the M9 uh. playlist to Milan. <laughs> So that's just why is it called M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong? Why is it called that? Girl, I don't know, but I do want to put some shit on it. Yeah. And I'm like, should we ask her? Have you perused this amazing bookcase of CDs? Nah. I love rifling through people's CDs. <laughs> it gives me a peek into who they are. Like, you remember, okay, the last thing, you know, Room Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> they would put a black light. They would say, use this black light fucking flashlight and turn the lights off. Yeah. Well, and this was college motherfucking kids. Yeah, it's right. Ugh, gross. Gross. <laughs> Bodily fluids Burf, all over barf. the place. But I really feel that way about like someone. Like You could see a lot about who they are by looking at their DVDs. If they have those anymore. Or CDs or any of those. You can be like, oh, cool. You got, you got some Led Zeppelin. You got some Erica Badu. Some Tupac. But ooh, you got some like... I don't know, Barry Manilow also, like. We had a we had a good little CD case in my uh, living room when I was a kid. And uh, I remember I was trying to organize them. And one of them, there was no cover to the CD case. There was no, like, it was just a blank CD or whatever. So I put it in, I listened a little bit. I could not discern who it was. I just put white lady question mark and put it back. <laughs> Come to find out it was Janice Joplin. Whoa. So I was put accurate. Put some respect on white lady question mark's name. Yeah. I was accurate, but not on point. <laughs> Come on now. Get Janice Joplin a little more than just white so lady This question. is a white lady. But show for show. But she, she wasn't trying to sound like a white lady. Think something does Janis Joplin? Uh, I only can tell you like a seventies post. Fuck, I'm honestly Janis Joplin kind of escaping me at the moment. Okay, who is this? Players only love you in their playing. Oh, that's um um Fleetwood Mac. I was wrong. There was a Janis Joplin and there was a Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, Fleetwood oh, Mac. Right. I put white lady question mark. Like I now I hold on. 
Like this is a classic it's song we're fucking in. on it after <laughs> so i was wrong it wasn't janice joplin we did have janice joplin we had joan osborne janice joplin okay. alanis morissette you know i am related to Ooh. white people alanis morissette <laughs> if you gotta relate to her and there's some good white i love alanis morissette she's bro. the best i love menopause music because <laughs> <laughs> i'm so angry menopause menopause we gotta come back with some playlist shit that's just for like menopause music. yeah no i feel like i have menopause all the time because i'm so angry and hot and sweaty you know <laughs> <laughs> okay, <I'm done>. running <laughs> people's shit in their lives like, no that's so funny well listen i want you to weigh in on this before we go okay because i like we we are for like blank blank radio but I was thinking, instead of women's empowerment, like, women empowered. But it's W-E, like, we are uh-huh. women empowered. Radio. In the, in, oh, okay. I was thinking we're making the whole thing an acronym. Yeah. We are is the acronym. Oh. Women empowered radio. I was spelling it out A-R-E, but I like that better. Women oh. empowered radio. No, no, it's better that way. Simpler. I was going to make a whole acronym in my brain. That's good. I believe you. Women empowered. Like past tense. Like we already got there. Yes. And that's what you're witnessing. I like that. Okay, cool. Well, shit, we got to cut this shit off. Look at him. Look at this man <laughs> right here. I know. Look at the child The thing, we've been empowered. We don't need empowerment in the present. We've been empowered. <laughs> Shout out to my babe, Summer Man. Shout out to her, your son, Adrienne. Shout the, out to you. Shout out to me. The son of woman and the son of man. Thank you. What, Mary Magdalena? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last words before we say goodnight to these people. Oh, it's, I'm really excited to see what we develop in this, in this little radio booth. We'll spit some freestyles next time. Okay. Sounds good. Love you very much. Love you. Well, look, I'm going to play some bullshit, and we're going to get out of here. Good night. Women in Power Radio. Third Fridays. Next Friday, Cap. First Friday, Oklahoma Cypher. Peace.
my case with the sun like jumping in the pool and I'm knowing I can't swim. Ooh, you about to get your ass beat for stealing that twenty dollars? Like baby, just ask me. Mama said she love us, loved us. When the lights was off, we had to stay with cousins. Granny at the BBQ with fifty as husband. Summertime, city lights, shot town, my town, my town. After school matters, like I'm needing that stipend right now. Can the cup parking lot got caught with the blunt? Like wow, wow, run. Run, run, mama say come home before the street lights do. Ice cream on my front porch and my new boo boo and my A1s too. Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the diddy side. Inside my glow and out my clothes. With stars in my pocket, dreaming about making my hood glow. This sound like every place I would go if I could fly. This feel like every summertime. Fall asleep dreaming about all the places I could go. And every one of them feels so close, still chasing time. And I am not a five, and the meteor on a crash course towards Earth across the cosmos versus Perseus to the father of his birth to tell the truth that I'm his real son. Get blocked, I'm a build one. Get blocked, I'm a build two. Hope that you see it's a staircase. Still pray for a fair day where they give a fair race and the male Nate and the Dogons and the Essays and the Fairface. Keith H on a pale paint. Rain bars with a pink blue and a sea foam type of green hue make a clear space. Stop overreacting, it's past my curfew and my after six. Happily making my accident, mama gon' whoop on my ass again. Pray that I'm making my way before eight and I might have to sneak in the back again. Hope that memorial trafficking, hope that she's stopping for gas again. Girl, I just wanna relax again. Pray you gon' bring this shit back again. Pray you gon' bring this shit back again. Street lights do. Ice cream on my front porch and my new boo boo and my A1s too. Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the ditch. This sound like growing out my clothes. With stars in my pocket, dreaming about making my hood glow. This sound like every place I would go if I could fly. This feel like every summertime. Fall asleep, dreaming about all the places I could go. And every one of them feels so close, still chasing time.
past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi weapons. John Wessex, The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it. Hey, Mutineer Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. 
Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket he'll put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank release on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43.5 million pounds of food this year enough for 93.000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer to find out how
Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live to the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm Mutiny The world's deadliest assassins are already dead. A shadowy group of killers for hire is eliminating world leaders, crime lords, and CIA agents. Inexplicably, the deceased contract killers have the DNA of people who are long dead. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive. Contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Well, everyone has one best friend. I have a best friend. Every single one of them, you have a friend. I have a best friend. Better than your best friend. Ain't no contest. So, Malcolm, I have big news. We were expecting our our brilliant buddy Adam to be late today, and he his plans got canceled. He actually just walked into the studio um, as we're talking. Adam, hello. Hello, hello. What do you want to talk about today? Where do you want to take this conversation? So I wanted to talk about exactly how Bitcoin works uh, when you are using it, because we've had a lot of feedback uh, in the last episode, like, oh, I'm actually really interested in Bitcoin now. I'd like to get started. How do I get started? So I wanted to talk a bit about um, acquiring your first Bitcoin and uh, sending it to yourself and holding your own Bitcoin because a lot of the value proposition of Bitcoin is it's the first digital thing that you can hold yourself. Um, when you have money in, in a bank account right now and you spend on a plastic card or when you hold, hold stock at a brokerage, you are trusting those third parties to hold those that digital information for you. Um, and you have to trust that the bank won't go out of business or that um, Robinhood <laughs> might go out of business. Uh, we can talk about that GameStop situation that happened last year where Robinhood stopped Make, letting people sell st uh, stocks that they held on Robinhood. And Bitcoin is the first digital thing that you can hold yourself. And uh, I want to teach people how to acquire Bitcoin and then make sure that they hold it themselves. Awesome. Yeah. And Pam is in studio today. She um, has brought $100 to, to so you can walk us through in real time a use case of how do we acquire bitcoin and how do we hold it ourselves awesome 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 all right hang on pam let's get you headphones and mic'd up yeah let's bring you into the process okay hey there there's pam hi hi pam pam adam hi. yeah hello hey, adam, pam this is part. malcolm hi malcolm hi pam hey malcolm nice to meet your voice I've heard so much about you. Now I'm Aww. hearing you. Look at that. Well, I am so excited about Bitcoin. I am scintillated in all of this. I actually just received some NFTs this week, some non-fungible tokens. I have no idea what, what? that means. Beautiful. I was assuming Beautiful. that you would know yeah. what that means, Adam, because not a clue. I do know what that means. I've, you've got them before I ever got any, but um, Malcolm, we'll have what, to what is talk that? about that soon. Ask Adam. Yeah, Adam NFT stepped away for a moment. Yeah, what is an NFT? It's a non-fungible token is what NFT stands for. 
And so it's um, a, a digitally digitally verifiable scarcity. So it's like, it's a, uh, Adam can say exactly what it is, but it's, it's a computer thing that says there is only one of these. And so it's like, um, it's used a lot right now for art and sports collectibles. It's kind of like a baseball card. Or if you've ever had, um, like, they make these collectible hat pins in the festival community, on the back of it, it will say, like, one of 75. That means that there was only 75 pins of that ever made. And so some NFTs are, like, one of three, but most of them are one of one. And it's, it's almost like a deed or, some, you know, it's a certificate of ownership of a unique digital item. But then, so what is it? But it's hmm? money. Uh, so the the it's, whole crypto no, movement, money. the whole crypto movement's about digital ownership. Uh, Bitcoin was the first solution to the double spend problem, where everything that you own on the internet, you can't really own it because uh, you could send it to multiple people, and you can't preserve the originality of that piece of digital information. So if you have a picture on the internet, like you would never pay for pictures on the internet because it's like, I'll just copy this, send it to my friends, it has no value. That was the original technical problem that Bitcoin solved too. It was like, I can't have a dollar on the internet because I can just send it to everyone and it has no value. And um, NFTs essentially apply some of the same technical innovation that uh, Bitcoin uses to solve the problem of money to solve the problem of just digital ownership in general, whether that's art, access to music, uh, sports cards, anything. It's creating digital scarcity. Mm-hmm. Now, um, NFTs are very early, I'll just say, because while digital ownership is great and you do own this NFT, the internet hasn't built up around it to give you the ability to actually use your NFT and actually scarcely own that thing. Uh, There's a big meme in the Twitter community when you, when uh, people are anti-NFT, they'll go, oh, I just right-click and copied your million-dollar picture of an ape. Um, Because while you own the picture and you own the, like, stamp that this is the real one, the the picture itself is still digital and can be copied. Mm. That but makes the, sense. There's no security around somebody experiencing it and being able to copy it. Correct. So yeah. It's like counterfeiting. Yeah, it's easily counterfeited because it is digital by uh, nature. Yeah. Is but the, the idea of it is that you know I have numerous posters in my bus that are prints of um, originals that I could never afford. But you know there are still people out there paying millions of dollars for a Van Gogh original. Even though they can buy a Van Gogh poster at the gift shop, they have the money for a Van Gogh original. Great point. Yep. That, that is true. So that's its current use case. Now, um, I've heard, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to talk about Ether Rocks, which is the stupidest NFT. Is it part of the Ethernet collection or the Ether? Yeah. So, the Ethereum collection. So NFTs resolve to different uh, blockchains. Ethereum is a blockchain that supports NFTs. So um, there are many, it was the original blockchain that could support NFTs. Um, There are 
There's a few NFTs that were created in the last bull run around 2017 that have held their value over time and really gathered a, a large community. The three big ones worth talking about are CryptoPunks. Um, there are 10,000 CryptoPunks, and the average value of them is like $50 million uh, per CryptoPunk. It's insane. People what? are like, I won't sell my CryptoPunk. Never would. What um, is a CryptoPunk? It is literally, it's like a picture of a face, a cartoon face. Um, they, some of them have glasses. Some of them are smoking cigarettes. Some of them have hats. Um, but it was really like the first generative NFT, which is um, they were minted with random properties on the Ethereum blockchain. Oh, so, so uh, an RNG created these images. Yes, I believe so. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but that's my understanding of it. So there's the CryptoPunks. The Bored Ape Yacht Club, which is uh, similar, except they're pictures of apes, and some of them have hats. They have different colored backgrounds. How is it worth $50 million? Because someone is willing to pay for it. Actually, I, I do have a point of view on this. Because um, <laughs> somebody's willing to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. But, uh, no, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's I like feel like... the first edition Star Wars, actually. <laughs> That's just... Right. At this point, it's, it's first edition. But um, we, like, prior to, uh, I want to say, like, the 2000s, people had different things and created new things. Like, there were genres of music and ethnicities of food. Um, and in, in our generation, everything's been about uh, putting things together, and, and the medium is the message. Um, so what, what is cool and what is valuable is this, that it is a new thing, a new form of art that didn't exist before. Um, and I think that that is the value. It's, it's new, and people think that it can become a, a way to transmit ideas, and these were like the first ones of that. Yeah, and it definitely can be. Like the evolution of not only cryptocurrencies, but blockchain technology and its applications across our life cycle, like our life space. This is one of them. This is a really cool thing, and it'll allow artists to better capture value from people that are experiencing it. Right, exactly. Like right now, I talked about the third parties in banking um, where we don't, like if I send you money over Venmo, I don't send you money directly. I send money to Venmo. Venmo changes the record to you and you can withdraw it. Uh, that's also what happens in the art world. Look at Spotify. If I'm an artist and I make songs and I want to send them to people, I can't send them directly to people and get money for it because of that lack of digital scarcity we talked about. I need to trust Spotify to basically manage the rights of my music so that it doesn't get copied and it doesn't end up in a million hands for free. Um, and Spotify, for the privilege of doing that, takes gigantic commissions and basically squashes the artist and they take all of the profits from them for themselves. So when we're able to use this technology to, to have a peer-to-peer -peer transaction of, of what used to be digitally copyable art and make it not digitally copyable, copyable huh. make it scarce, um, we're going to get rid of all these rent seekers and, and artists should theoretically be able to thrive. Are there any platforms right now attempting to solve that problem? Malcolm, do you, Malcolm, do you know of any either?
Because I know you do research in the crypto use case space. The the whole point would be that to to get rid of the yeah. platforms so like I, I well the internet of things doesn't exist though and so is there right. a community where people are posting their art or their creative whatever they own in an nft this conversation right now we can post yeah. two places and then kind of accelerate and be a part of the creation so, of this other places like that there's a really growing rapidly Funding like rapidly growing startup called OpenSea.io, Open and then SEA.io, and they scrape the blockchain data basically to um, to find NFTs that are for sale and give a nice interface for it. So you can go there, you can see all the NFTs that are for sale. I think they even give you an interface to mint NFTs, um, and it, it's like a nice auction interface. It's pretty cool, but it interacts directly with the blockchains. But how do you... There are also really cool, okay. cool NFT use cases in some of the blockchain-based video games where, like, you know, rare items in a game could be a, an open sea for sale. Like, you know, this sword with this power and these attributes, you could go on OpenSea and buy that sword for your video game. And there's only one of that sword in that game, or there's only 10 of it. But, you know, it's like... Yeah, so that's another thing. Like, we're taking this item that used to just belong to the game developer's database where they could only broker the transactions, and we are moving it to a world where the thing exists outside of that game developer's database and people can transact peer-to-peer. How do you buy buy NFTs? Do you have to make them? Do you take cash and turn them and buy tokens like at... You know, Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> yeah, so there's many ways. Like, you can go on that website, OpenSea.io, and see that there are some for sale. Um, it, it depends on the blockchain that the NFT is on. So if you went to OpenSea.io and you saw an Ethereum-based NFT, you could pay with Ethereum to the wallet address that owns that NFT to, tra- to get it, basically. After today, Pam's going to own Bitcoin. Right, specifically Bitcoin. Yes. If she goes to an Ethereum NFT, like goes to buy an NFT, it's in Ethereum. Is there a service in place where she can say, in my wallet, I have $100 worth of Bitcoin. I would like to convert this to Ethereum to make this transaction. Is there a way where, like, does that exist right now? So those things do exist, but those are basically trusted third parties like you need to send bitcoin to a person and then that person will money change you to a theory like a bank yeah exactly sure like bitcoin exists bitcoin is its own self-contained network where i can send bitcoin to anyone else without using that trusted third party but if i want to change my bitcoin for like dollars or ethereum or whatever i do need to use a trusted third party Okay. Can that happen in real time? Is that... Yeah, right? you can go on Coinbase, uh, basically any crypto exchange. You could also, like, ask a friend if they have both. Uh, when there I... are also decentralized exchanges that are really cool, that are computer programs that, by oh. the way they're designed, they match the market, and you can go... Um, so it's, you could call it a third-party Adam might. But I definitely it, wouldn't. It, it's not about to. PNC Bank. It's 
it's a whole DAO and decentralized economy. Well, so the way that those work is they are on a blockchain. So that one, like there are decentralized exchanges on Ethereum where if you have a token, you could have a token on Ethereum that represents Bitcoin and trade it on the decentralized exchange on Ethereum for other Ethereum-based assets like NFTs or Ethereum or uh, they have dollar-based stable coins on, on the Ethereum blockchain. You can do that, but it is still, it is on Ethereum. Um, and it's not, you're not trading real Bitcoin for Ethereum. Those exist too, but those are definitely trusted third parties. That's, that's like a guy with a server. What about the whole first step of how to get Bitcoin? All right, we're going to do it right now. So, Pam, what I need you to do is uh, download a wallet. Uh, my preferred one that I've been sending people to is Moon Wallet. M U U N. Moon. Two U's. Yeah. I like that. Moon Wallet. It's the first thing that came up. Yay. Install now. Coinbase Wallet. What are the differences wallet. between wallets? Well, I have a Meta. I have a MetaMask wallet, and it only takes Ethereum-based coins. So I have to have a different wallet for this one. Yes, yeah, so a wallet is essentially an interface to the Bitcoin block or to a crypto blockchain. I'm going to focus back on Bitcoin. Um, so what what um, Pam is downloading right now is an interface to the Bitcoin blockchain. It's going to create for her first a private key. That is Pam's password, and she needs to protect that with her life. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the private key... You generate a public key, which you don't want to share to anybody. But yeah, so what, what Pam is doing right now is she got her private key and she is writing down the 20... Oh. I, have to, I, have to download. I had to download the app first. <laughs> I'm... Okay, downloading app. There we go. She is about to have to write down her 24 words okay. in a secure oh, it's still, place. It's still, it's still down like 43%. Okay, well, what she has downloaded is called, it's a, it's a, it generates a private key for her, and then it generates Bitcoin addresses. These Bitcoin addresses are related to her private key, because the private key can essentially sign or send Bitcoin out of addresses that her wallet is now creating. Um, so, what's going to happen is... Open. Create a new wallet. Yes. Create your wallet. Create your pin. Okay. And that's done. Do you have paper? Yep. Yes. Okay. Let's go. And then it just says send, receive. So Moon Wallet is very beginner friendly, so you can send and receive Bitcoin without getting your private keys. Oh. But you see there should be an option. It tells you like if you want to be extra safe, write this down. Back up your wallet. Yeah, that's Create it. a backup. Back up your wallet. Now if Pam didn't do this and started immediately receiving Bitcoin to that wallet address, if her phone fell off, fell into the ocean, if Pam was sailing and the phone fell into the ocean or 
Or uh, I got my bag got stolen. Yeah, like, which happens so, all the time. You know Pam really well. She she goes <laughs> sailing in San Francisco <laughs> Bay. It's yeah. uh, well anyway. Her phone would be the only place that that private key exists, and if she lost her phone, she would lose the Bitcoin that I send her forever. Oh, right. Because you don't have the words. Right. The words make it so that she could download a completely different wallet application and access the same Bitcoin. A different wallet. So she doesn't have to use Moon Wallet. She can shop around for wallets and decide, Moon Wallet's not for me. I want to do this other one. Correct. And that is because they are an interface onto the Bitcoin network. But really, the Bitcoin is stored on the network at an address that anyone can can see um, with access with a, basically a block explorer sure i understand and so they are just simply the storefront for accessing my bitcoin right so there's many different wallets you can check different ones out figure out which one you like the most sure yeah like the color scales and which one yeah seriously yeah, UIs, i mean yeah, there's there's no real differences but there there are differences right well, you like Moon Wallet. Do you use Moon Wallet? You're, they're, they're beginner friendly. You're obviously an expert. Do you use Moon Wallet or do you prefer something else? My preference. So the way that I am set up is I have a hardware wallet, which stores my key on its own separate device. Um, the one that I use is called Cold Card, and it, it looks like a calculator. It's pretty cool. I have to enter in two pins to access it, um, and I never plug it into my computer at all so that there would be no way that the internet touches it and it could be hacked. Um, And then the way that I see my addresses and like set up my transactions to send Bitcoin is uh, through a a software wallet on my computer called the Sparrow wallet. Okay. But that's for, we'll get there. That's for like my savings. Um, that's like my savings account of Bitcoin. For like my checking account of Bitcoin, I just used the first wallet I was introduced to, which was BRD wallet. Mm. But I, I want to move it to BRD is the wallet when you sold me Bitcoin earlier this year. I remember BRD being the wallet. Yeah, that's that's what I use. Sure. Um, but Moon Wallet is definitely better. It's it's just new, and I I haven't gone through the process of migrating to it. Right. I'm writing down things <laughs> that are important for later that I'm going to put in my lock safety box with the fireproof things with the stuff. Up here in this you know, one square foot of real estate above your shoulders, that's where you got to keep it. Yeah, so I, the last episode I talked about the Holocaust, how um, the, the Nazis would uh, confiscate the Jews' gold. That was because gold is physical and can be confiscated. Um, but if, if we were in a situation like that, again, Pam could memorize these 24 words and store all of her value in Bitcoin without something that the Nazis could take. Uh, I also want to point out, you actually don't even need a wallet application to uh, use Bitcoin. There's a concept of a paper wallet, which you could go on the Internet and basically learn how to create your private key. And from that private key, create an address that can receive Bitcoin. Uh, And you store that address and the private key on a sheet of paper. And you can put that piece of paper with the address anywhere and be like, hey, send me Bitcoin to this address. Um, 
it's it's actually the most secure way to store Bitcoin because you don't have to worry about being on a computer and getting hacked at all. Right. Your private key is on that piece of paper that you need to protect. Uh, yeah, there's it, it's like it seems like it's a lot, and all we're doing is getting started. You know, our, you know <laughs> the the intricacies of it all. It's very exciting, and it's a new frontier. It's that's that the discovery and the use cases and how be business to consumer transactions b to c as we move forward and how we use this these cryptocurrencies it's so very exciting they have a third part that says create an emergency kit save your information you need to recover your money without using moon did i do that yeah probably yeah it sounds important one document your emergency kit is a PDF document with information and instructions to independently transfer funds. Swipe to continue. Cool. See, this is the good stuff that Moon has. This is great user experience. And that's, Chad, like, if like somebody I somebody hacked the Moon, if somebody hacked the Moon database, would they be able to get her private keys? Um, I, I don't know for sure, but my guess would be that Moon Wallet doesn't, Moon, the company, doesn't even store the private keys of the users on their own centralized database. They use they use uh, Pam's phone storage to uh, hold the key. That's actually why she's writing it down. Well, now, the thing is, I accidentally, I was supposed to swipe on something, and it didn't, it, it got all weird, and then it went away, and I'm trying to find it back, but I went to Moon, the original thing, and it, it wants me to doubt but it's not downloaded. It's on my phone now somewhere, right? Oh, see, I'm such a Luddite. Well, th this is the problem. And I was just about to say, like, we are in the early 90s of the Internet here. Like, the Internet was not easy to use in the early 90s. Right. And, uh, like, there will be company. There are plenty of companies already working on making this a lot easier and a lot simpler. Uh, Moon is one of them, and you can see they still have a lot of work to do. I, I'm trying to access it now on... Like, I, I can't even find it in my apps. doesn't... Wait, the whole app is gone? Well, I don't know. I, that's... Oh, there it is. Even in the... Well, uh, akin the to the early 90s, how we began this conversation where Pam mentioned NFTs and then we spun off in a very excitable conversation that we had to bring ourselves back from. The, this is a very exciting time. Lots of progress and discovery. It's incredible. It really, it. I mean, I'm excited. We know that, like the the biggest company in this space helping to build on Bitcoin is probably Square, Jack Dorsey's company. Mm -hmm. Which well, uh, Square is Jack Dorsey. Isn't he stepping down? No, he stepped down from Twitter to focus full time on Square. Uh huh. Okay, yeah. I think I think we're he good. Was the CEO of two companies of I've Twitter and Square at the same time? Yeah. What an impressive fella. I know. So now I I believe I'm inside my wallet. Awesome. Awesome. And it says. I have 0.00 BTC, which is 0.0 USD, and then it says receive and send. Okay, so you're going to receive $100 worth of Bitcoin from me, so please hit uh, receive. Oh, it's a little QR code. Perfect. So I am in my wallet, and I'm going to hit send. And it, I have the option to paste an address if, if Pam were to text it to me, or I could scan a QR code. So, so I'm on my little, so this is my stuff. Yeah, can you scroll down a little bit so yes. I can see the whole code? Yep. 
All right, so now I'm taking a picture of her QR code. It worked. Um, I now have her address Yay. in my wallet. Or I can, there's this little thingy. I can copy paste this little diddly do, and I could like text it to you. Or, right. ah. So I have the ability to denominate my payment in dollars or Bitcoin. So just to make it easy, she gave me $100. I am sending $100 worth of Bitcoin now. <gasps> and I am going to send it priority. Um, basically, I have the ability right now to set the network fee. How much do I want to pay the Bitcoin mining group to send this transaction to Pam? If I send more money in the fee, it will happen faster. And if I put less money in the fee, it will happen slower because they're less incentivized to do it. Um, right now, I'm paying $0.93 cents to send Pam $100. And it should take about 10 minutes to send this money. That was, that's priority is 10 minutes and a little bit less than 1%. What's the average like normal not sending it prior well it really depends on the uh, how many people are trying to use the bitcoin blockchain for the last few months there have not been too many transactions so you've been able to get in pretty quickly between 10 and 30 minutes regardless of fee um but it it depends like when there's a wild bull market there a lot of people want to send their bitcoin and it it uh, gets more expensive to to move faster this is really neat because my friend wanted to sell me. He was he wanted to get rid of some Bitcoin, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to buy. I want to have a thousand of it, a thousand dollars, you know." So I want to. And he's like, "You're gonna give me nine hundred dollars cash?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get this done." And now I know how to do it. It's so easy. And I just show him the little QR code, or I can I can send him that little link. It's like I had no idea it would be this easy. And you guys are using two different wallets. You have Moon Wallet, Adam. You're using BRD, and yep. so this. As long as Pam has this QR code and it's Bitcoin and it's a Bitcoin wallet, you can transfer money. Yep. But it takes ten minutes. Well, but... so we'll talk about that in a second. I first want to. I'm. I am hitting send right now, and it asked me for my PIN, which I am entering, and I just sent it. So what what happens right now is. The transaction has been created by my wallet and sent to a Bitcoin node. The node is verifying that it is a valid transaction and it's going to send it to other nodes on the Bitcoin network and be like, hey, Adam wants to send Pam money. Adam wants to send Pam money. Adam wants to send Pam money. No. Adam wants to send <laughs> Pam money. And then eventually... It's already there. What? So Pam sees it right now and the reason she sees it is it's a... She sees that there is a transaction being processed that will give her the $100 worth of Bitcoin. It has not been confirmed by miners into the ledger, but it, it is an uncancelable transaction. So they're like, hey, your money's here. Hmm. She so couldn't cool. spend it yet, though. So it's just like you know, when I go online and look at my, I go on my Chase Bank application it says pending transaction yes exactly and the bitcoin blockchain is secure enough that before it is authorized and verified that you have this money to send to her it's so secure that they before they verify it give her the thumbs up here's your money yeah so cool, so cool. hey everyone it's your brilliant buddy chad here thanks for listening I hope you're enjoying it so far. We sure had fun recording this and are so happy to share it. 
First, I want to thank everyone for the outpouring of support so far. It's so encouraging. In particular, Ricky and Jody Harris, Thursday. Thank you all for commenting and engaging on Facebook. Marina, Panda, Josh for emailing in. Thank you all so much. I'm going to keep this short. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, please email us, mybrilliantbuddies at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, head on over to Facebook and give us a like and a follow. This space here with me and you in between the episode, it's a work in progress, just like everything else. We're very grateful and excited to be on this ride together. Thanks for being here. Now, back to my brilliant buddies. So, um, now I can see the receipt of the transaction, and there's actually a transaction ID. And we could go to a block explorer, which is essentially a website that lets you see what's going on on the Bitcoin blockchain. Is it visualized? Or? It, it does visualize, and we could basically see it in the list of unprocessed transactions, where it is, and when it's going to get processed. And then once it's processed, we, there will be a record of it forever on the Bitcoin blockchain. You can follow around a, a bit going through nodes on the chain point of view? It's not, I, it, shows, it shows basically how many pending transactions there are based on the fee. And sure. uh, you can see where I, where I stack in the pending transactions based on fee. So it's like where I am in the queue. Yeah. How are you identified? Are you I what was that? Isn't it true that you can track an individual Bitcoin as it moves through the blockchain? And that there are like um, blacklisted coins from the dark web and stuff like that? Yeah, so what I've done is I sent Pam some Bitcoin. What We could trace the history of that Bitcoin throughout the blockchain because right now my transaction to Pam is going to get recorded on the blockchain. We could see where you could trace it back to me and then you could trace it back to the person who sent it to me and trace it back basically until the moment that it was mined. So what is possible, and there are some, some companies doing this, chain analysis is one. You can create basically analytics on the blockchain and, and watch these transactions, put them together. If, if ever there's a known tax thief or murderer that's gotten Bitcoin, you can see where that Bitcoin came from and where it went. And what they are trying to do is build blacklists to stop that Bitcoin from being sent. Now, it cannot be stopped on the Bitcoin network at all, but the, the government can like try and put pressure on exchanges to be like, don't let this person, catch, don't let Bitcoin that originated from this address cash out into dollars or uh, don't accept it. But Can't that person send it to uh, someone who holds Ethereum and turn their Bitcoin into Ethereum and now, bla I guess... Right, exactly. I mean that that is like what can happen. Yes. Yeah. But the the uh, that's the thing about centralization and wallets like um, Coinbase and these other um, where you don't actually own your currency and they can. I I've been told that Coinbase rejects transactions that are suspected of money laundering, which can mean that like if your Bitcoin came from someone. You know, I bought it from a stranger on the internet and it turns out that they got it in a murder for hire deal on the dark web or they got it through right. 
ransomware, and now Coinbase won't let me accept it and receive what I paid for. Correct. Um, but I do think it's important to call out, I would not call Coinbase a wallet in that when you use Coinbase, you are not directly interfacing with the blockchain itself. When you use Coinbase, you are inter interfacing with Coinbase's uh, own it's database. More like a bank. Yeah, so they're a custodian or, or a bank. They, they hold Bitcoin on your behalf. <laughs> Whereas when you're using a, one of these mm -hmm. wallets, like a real wallet, you it's your Bitcoin and, and nobody can fuck with it. Sorry, Malcolm's grandparents. Mm -hmm. That's all right. No, so it's okay. Curse. It Curse currently takes a large corporation to do so, but if all Bitcoin transactions are publicly visible, what's to stop hackers or like someone with bad intentions from tracking, you know, where my money is spent and finding out who I am and where I live and such like that? If Bitcoin were to be used for like credit cards, I'm spending it at every gas station within five miles of my house you know like what what is to stop people from or even the way facebook tracks your data and sells it to the highest bidder so there's a there's a few things one is uh using good address hygiene what oh. you <laughs> what you don't want to do is use the same address over and over again uh to receive bitcoin because what does that even what does that mean good address hygiene like the i i Okay, so what is that like for Pam right now with yeah, a wallet she just downloaded? Is it here at like Mutiny Radio? <laughs> so Pam's wallet is going to handle this for her. When she hit receive, it generated an address for me to send that Bitcoin to. When she hits receive the second time, it's going to generate a new address. There's no way to um, to uh, for these big companies to know that the two addresses are both Pam. So right there, she's already gone a big step in, in making it harder for them to track her. And if you had one of those paper wallets where you had your own address written down on paper, you would have to change your address every so often? Correct, yeah. And this is big on, um, on the Internet. Uh, an easy way to get Bitcoin is be like, hey, I'm on the Internet. Send Bitcoin here if you want to support me. Those people are pretty easily identifiable. That's not a best practice, and I wouldn't recommend doing that. So I don't want to use this and say, hey, you want to give money to Mutiny Radio? Use my – I don't want to, like, publicize my little QR code and put it everywhere and say, give Mutiny Radio money. Put it – give me Bitcoin. Well, like, you can, here. but then everyone would be able to basically – check that address on the blockchain, know how much money has been given to you so to support you. Uh -huh. Could. Um, and watch where you spend it also. Huh. If you spend it on another address like that, like, hey, I'm the lobster shack, send my Bitcoin here, and you do that a lot, they'd be like, oh, Pam loves lobster. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder, Pam, for promoting Mutiny Radio, she say she, you said it's good hygiene that's really important. Can she generate a new address once a week and just change this, like, sign? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it's not a matter of not soliciting the QR code. It's just a matter of clicking refresh on the security user interface of it. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And even if it is a new address and, and it isn't connected to you by uh, spies, it is connected by your private key. So your wallet will still know it's all yours and it'll show you an aggregated view of all the Bitcoin that you've earned. Neat. Is there a difference between, do you have a private key right now? Does she need a public key? So 
a private a public key is actually generated out of the private key so by having a private key she has a public key and then the public key is used to generate the addresses and basically all the addresses are is the address says bitcoin at this address can be released or sent out of this address by the owner of the private key that corresponds with this public key Okay. And I know that's a it's a word salad, and that's why we just try and make it simple and make simple apps for you. This was use. pretty right. simple. I mean, I that was super quick. We did that in ten minutes, like setting it up. And the, the transaction went through. You got your money in instantaneously. Pretty much, yeah. pretty much. It's yeah. great. So uh, another thing um, to help privacy is it's a new technology. It's just been built starting in 2017, and it's finally starting to gain adoption. It's called the Lightning Network. The Lightning Network, when you, we talked about sending Bitcoin peer-to-peer um, -peer on the blockchain and how it takes like that 10, 20 minutes, and that's because it needs to get mined directly into the blockchain. I just bought Bitcoin. The, the Lightning Network enables you to s send transactions that don't need to be resolved on the Bitcoin uh, that don't need to be resolved on the blockchain. So you can actually send millions of transactions and they settle instantly. Um, I'm not going to talk about how the Lightning Network works today, um, but it is the it is the cutting edge of Bitcoin and, and it is what's enabling wide-scale adoption. Like the country of El Salvador has legalized Bitcoin. <clears throat> they have made themselves a fully, not a fully, but a Bitcoin nation um, and, and they couldn't afford the blockchain fees or, or like waiting 10 minutes. And the reason that they're able to do this is because the, they are using the Lightning Network almost exclusively. Huh. And the way things are going to work is you'll save on the Bitcoin blockchain. Like if you have thousands of dollars, you would keep most of that on the blockchain itself. And you, your checking account would be on the Lightning Network. So I'm going to spend 500 bucks. I upload it to the Lightning Network, and then I can go out and, and shop. That's okay, because that makes it, trans it makes it more easily transferable from place to place. And that's why that country is so awesome, because you can go anywhere, and you go to the gas station, and boop, 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 and everybody's... You can, you can use Bitcoin over the Lightning Network at McDonald's and Starbucks in El Salvador. That's... And it's only on the Lightning Network that this is possible, that businesses are comfortable receiving, like in the, the transaction time? Well, it's, it's, I think the businesses would be fine accepting on the, on the blockchain itself. It's more that uh, it's just a lot less expensive to use the Lightning Network, so people mm. prefer it. When are you moving to El Salvador? <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to sad, no, no personal questions. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to remain anonymous. No, I, I like it here in San Francisco. Um, but I do want to visit El Salvador and see what the future looks like. Sure. Yeah. They're actually, El Salvador is, you can become a citizen of El Salvador and not have to pay capital gains tax on Bitcoin that you own because Bitcoin is legal tender there. Um, but it costs three Bitcoin to become a citizen. Oh. So they're trying to collect Bitcoin that way and get Bitcoiners into the state or into the country. Smart. Um, but yeah, that's like $170,000 today. So, uh, it's, a, it's pretty steep. Three Bitcoin. It costs three and, but they can just wash their money there. Like it's just, correct. You just Once like you, hold your right. Yeah, so yeah. if Bitcoin goes up to, let's say 500,000, um, you know, 
you'd owe like $250,000 in taxes here in America. Right. But you wouldn't in El Salvador. Right. <laughs> it's a game. It's There's a different game that people operate with that kind of money. Well, and it's what you said last week is that people, like I was like, oh, Bitcoin, that's so dumb. But only because I didn't know about it and because I was afraid of it. And now I'm like, there's nothing to be scared of. Like once you understand what it is, and it's it's really hard to wrap your brain around. But you're helping me. Like I think like you should become a professor of Bitcoin, <laughs> and then you could take these like groups of people to El Salvador on trips and like. <laughs> do... I love that idea. I'm gonna run that by the wife. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it's it's all because if you're if you're like solely Bitcoin everything, then you'd be getting paid in Bitcoin, and you wouldn't have to. Uh, it just would be all. It'd be a tax write-off because you take everybody there and you spend Bitcoin. <laughs> and then I, you get to visit El Salvador. And then you get to go to El Salvador. Crazy. I did not bring any orange pills, but uh, very happy with Pam right now. <laughs> oh, you, you seriously, you've, I, I'm a total convert because now I've got now I've got three things. I've got because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to. All of my money is like money, money, and it's in these dumb accounts. Like I don't know if my 401ks are ever going to have any money in them by the time I'm 64. It'll probably be gone. Who knows? It's all. In, stocks and things that don't go up and down and don't make sense and they're not real and it's all but i want to hedge my bets so now i've got three different cryptocurrencies i've got non-fungible tokens i've got actual ethereum in a wallet and i've got bitcoin in a wallet and it just makes me feel like i'm like a, a part of the future Woof. right i just it's very exciting <laughs> mm. you've converted me yeah it's really it's awesome i'm a convert malcolm at Malcolm, are you there? I am. Hey, I am. hey buddy. All right, cool. Just making sure that yeah. we didn't lose you. I'm, yeah. yeah. Are you a convert, I, Malcolm? I are you? I know that you, one. Malcolm. I know that you are a proponent of the system at large, <laughs> and you are just like all of the coins. There's space for it all. No, no, no. Are you? What are your thoughts on... Oh, okay. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant the traditional system, the petrodollar system. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. No, no, no. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I My apologies. Society at large of a recent convert. I was a very, like, anarchist punk youth. And then, um, you know, lots of things. But what really um, crystallized it was I got my jaw broken, and it was wired shut for a month. And... Um, uh, partially because of the, the isolation of not being able to open your mouth and talk properly. You know, I spent a lot of time thinking about my life and the world and all that stuff and realized that in, in a anarchist, no society system, uh, I would be drooling for the rest of my life oh. and struggling to chew my food. So I was like, man, the world as it is, is not as good as it can be, but it is better than most alternatives I've seen presented. You know, I'm no longer in favor of like, burn it down and start anew from the ashes or anything like that. But I do think that we have reached a point where, you know, like, like democracy, hell yeah, way better than monarchy. But it is not the final stopping point. It is not the end all be all, especially money and politics and all this, the problems of the financial system. Um, so what I'm really into about uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is the broader use cases of decentralizing everything where like you can have, I mean, it, it, it ends up kind of working similar to, um, uh, what do you call it? When, when stockholders have a vote, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the shareholders have a vote in the corporation. 
um, in a similar way, there are certain cryptocurrencies where if you hold that currency, then you get to vote on the future of that program. And so everything in the future could be boiled down to like stakeholders where uh, we, we could issue NFTs for episode one of a podcast. And if you hold that NFT, you have more say in what guests we choose than somebody who just comments on Facebook saying, I would love to see this guest that that NFT could give you voting rights. Or like if we, um, issued a coin for our podcast, people buying that coin would give us funding and owning that coin would give them votership on where you want to see this thing that you care about go. Yeah, I think um, ownership. While I don't think everything should be for sale for the highest bidder to decide where it goes, I think it's really exciting that everyone can, you know, like anything can now be designed to verify Joe Schmo with a cell phone has a vote in the future. Yeah, the country of Estonia leverages blockchain technology for that. Um, all of their records, their dental records, their licenses, their medical records, um, housing ownership is all stored on a public blockchain. So if you change doctors, like if you change doctors here in America, it's a whole thing. They might be on different medical record systems and you have to get your records from one thing to the other. Um, in Estonia, it's all one system that is a blockchain based and you basically give um, the, the new doctor permission on the blockchain to read your records. And I, I read a whole article about this and, and the person who architected the system in Estonia came here to America and st- waited in line at our DMVs and was like, I feel like I'm in 1950s here. Like, what is happening? Um <laughs> And yeah, like there definitely are more and more expansive use cases, and it's a very, very exciting time because the internet yeah. changed a lot of things, but it also it was also a powerful centralizing force where all these platforms um, gained ownership of of almost our entire experience over the internet, just like. Mm-hmm. Just like in the 1890s with um, the ownership of the railroads and oil. It was, it was a new innovation that did enable a lot, but certain people ended up owning all of it until we broke those monopolies down. Um, and we're in, we're in the same phase right now. It's a new Gilded Age. It's, it's digital, and, and we really need to decentralize um, to, to make the, the best of it, like you're saying. Are we still going to have... How do you feel about... Oh, no, go keep ahead, going. Yeah. No, no, you, Malcolm, please. You work for um, a company that collect you know like i can pay you to host my bitcoin miner how do you feel about that form of centralization of what was intended to be decentralized and the idea that like uh the the mining technology has become so expensive that i personally cannot afford to mine bitcoin and so eventually it could be bought how do you feel about the the one percent should they be interested in buying the bitcoin network couldn't they Well, so at Compass Mining, that's actually what we're doing. There's a lot of there's a lot of forms of central centralization. Um, it, it can be ownership centralization, geographic centralization, um, country level centralization. Um, what we are doing, like we were 
we are solving this problem that people with large pools of capital able to invest in the facilities able to make the large purchase orders directly from the manufacturers um they were a danger to end up basically running the running the network and what we've done is we've aggregated regular people the the plebs the <laughs> retail <laughs> demand and and we're able to get these same purchase orders that the large the large one uh, percent like you're saying is able to get and then we spread it spread out the ownership across hundreds or thousands of people um so we think we're playing a really big important part in decentralizing mining ownership hmm. and you're making How more affordable it cost to buy one of your miners it depends on the model the we just launched a marketplace a couple weeks ago, and we've had machines go for $20,000 on there, but they can be as low as 5000 And before before this latest bull run in Bitcoin, the machines were like between one and $3,000. It's just, it, they, they track the price of Bitcoin um, because they create Bitcoin, so. And, and when you're creating Bitcoin, uh, I, let me see if my rudimentary understanding. You're taking excess energy from the grid and and then turning it into what? Okay. Um, so this is how the Bitcoin blockchain pr protects itself and ensures that uh, everyone agrees to the same record. Everyone agrees to the same record of who owns what Bitcoin. It is because in order to add transactions to the blockchain, like my transaction to you, work needs to be put in to add the transactions to the blockchain. That work is basically what you've described. It's the conversion of electricity into guesses that solve a puzzle. Um, you could consider them like lottery tickets because the puzzle is completely random and it can only be solved by guess and check. So I need to spend electricity to be like, does this solve the puzzle? No. Does this solve the puzzle? Does this solve the puzzle? The puzzle takes about 16 minutes for a human to solve, to, to do one guess and check. And the computers that are the Bitcoin miners that do it can do like 100,000 guesses per second. Ah. Oh. And the brilliance of the Bitcoin... So theoretically, I could solve a math problem and uh, like verify a transaction. <laughs> if... You would you would take a guess and check that it verified the transaction. Um, Just in theory, in like theory, it would take yes. forever. It your would take... odds are your odds are like one in many trillions. Sure, and they're longer uh, for me. Please continue. <laughs> but if you did get it right, the Bitcoin network would reward you with six point two five Bitcoin, which is about three hundred forty thousand dollars or wow. so, um, and it would reward you. Uh, with whatever transaction fee is the, the transactions that you solve the riddle to put into the blockchain page. Sure. Together, or are they all making different guesses? Right, so you can mine by yourself and sit there and, and use your guesses by yourself and, and hope that you get something right, but the odds of getting it right are so astronomically low. What people do is they contribute their guesses, they pull their lottery tickets, and basically if someone that pulled the lottery tickets gets paid... Uh, they, everyone gets paid the amount of lottery tickets that they contributed. That's that's super um, democratic. <laughs> that's amazing. It's it's almost it's socialistic almost. What you put in is what you is what you get out. Well, it, there's definitely like that. Can yeah. Um, 
And it's, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I'm like really excited because I'm actually understanding what you're talking about. And I never, ever thought that I would have any concept or clue about like Bitcoin. I mean, and I used to scoff at it. I'd see people, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. You and your fake money. And now I'm like, no, I was wrong. Awesome. Um, and uh, a lot of people, so Pam, if you go out and you say to your friends, like, I love Bitcoin now, a lot of people are probably going to say, well, what about the environmental impact? Because huh. they'll say, oh, they're solving this puzzle that doesn't need to be solved and it uses electricity. What the heck? We're in a climate emergency. Like, we need to stop doing this. Um, but what I like to say is that's first order thinking. Like, oh, we burn electricity for Bitcoin, therefore... We should stop Bitcoin because we'll stop burning electricity. Um, but Bitcoin has a second order effect. All of these people mining Bitcoin are in the search for the cheapest power possible. What that means is, what's the cheapest power? Well, it, it doesn't involve burning coal or oil. Uh-huh. It involves free sources of power like wind, sun, um, water, geothermal. And what we're seeing is a lot of innovation in the renewable energy space. That can only happen because Bitcoin mining will buy the energy that gets created. So before you were constrained by needing to be around people, your energy source needed to be connected to the grid to sell it. But now all you need to do is connect energy to Bitcoin miners. You can you can create energy anywhere to power Bitcoin. Uh, and that's that's a big can you talk about layer mining. Yeah, um, I can. Uh, we have we have seven minutes left of recording. Do you have the do you have flare mining flare mining in just a few? Oh yeah, easy. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's get <laughs> right, isn't he? And so, please, why, uh, Adam, flare mining? All right. So when the oil and gas companies, they're called oil and gas companies, but you probably only know them from oil. Uh, they create oil and that gets turned into gasoline. But the process of getting oil out of the ground actually gets a a second chemical that can be used for power, and it's natural gas. Natural gas is so cheap right now that the oil companies are not incentivized to store it and sell it because what the heck are they going to do with it? They can't sell it for anything. Um, So what they've been doing is... Well, they can, just not enough. Right. It's it's not worth it to them to sell. So they face... They have to burn it, basically, which is not good for the environment. Um, And what is happening instead is Bitcoin miners are like, I smell free power. (laughs) Let me get in there. Um, And they're they're creating really cool cases that you put the machines in. They go directly on the oil fields, and they pump the natural gas directly into them. It gets converted into electricity. And instead of burning it, it powers these miners, which is actually a carbon negative process because instead of burning the Bitcoin, or sorry, instead of burning the natural gas, it is converted to electricity, which is significantly better for the environment. Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. And we're seeing innovation like this. It is wild. Um, yeah. Because why waste all that free energy? Yeah. Yes. And, and that's they're doing. And it's just crazy. I would never have thought that that. We could yep. be heating homes with natural gas. Yep. Of oh, the future. The future. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what uh, Bitcoin mining is going to do. It's going to fill the gaps in the um, 
demand side of the energy grid. So a lot of people don't know this because our power is terrible around here in California and New York. Um, but 58% of America in uh, 58% of energy in America is created and then wasted. Um, so there is a very big opportunity for Bitcoin miners to come in, eat that energy, pay for it, make energy, give energy companies the ability to have more money that they can invest in renewable sources, and uh, just yeah, make our grid more efficient. It's a very, very so you're going to be seeing a lot of Bitcoin mining joining the energy grid, joining these power players, joining the oil and gas industry. Um, and that's where I think the real value and power of Bitcoin is is going to come out. And you're going to see, like, these are big billion-dollar companies. And it's companies like Compass that are making the Bitcoin miners more affordable because you're purchasing them at, like, you're making wholesale prices available to the consumers. And then you guys are hosting them. And so, and Bitcoin mining companies are leading these innovations in the energy space me owning and processing my own bitcoin miner i'm still paying for it out of the wall here right, right. i'm i would i would say that we're making it more accessible mm. um there there are very large and well capitalized companies doing this also but we're the ones that make it possible for like me and you to do it Yay! Sure. which is what this is all you about sell um partial shares in miners uh, we do not do that today. It is uh, illegal uh, because it is a security if we do that. And we do not oh, sell illegal securities. Uh, huh. Darn. Well, hey, Dad, you want to go in on a miner together? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> not, not interested. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll um, talk about that later. I, I don't have bread for that, but I appreciate the invitation. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. <laughs> Me uh, neither. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna hey, wrap this. Listeners, do you want to buy us a miner? <laughs> Seriously, we'll sell you. I will sell my portion of ownership in this episode as we mint it into an NFT for one Bitcoin miner. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair market value. this on Monday for hanging out. So go around. Out there.
called. Some call me. Ew. Talk about eyes. Oh, other things. I I haven't been I'm not into the eyes of Sparkle Pink. Flat. I have a, I have I a, believe. I have a bottom of all of them. Oh, I don't... A I house of worship? Funny though, is they're all essentially the same. I don't know what they're saying. Or let me back up.
All right. We're going to listen to music because you're probably bored of hearing people talk about them. But it's fine. No, I'm saying them. I'm saying them, the people there. It has nothing to do with them. Don't call me Tim. Talk about Bobby. All day long. Some music that isn't. 